This is the Reading Instruction Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Andy Johnson. Today, we are looking at Carl Rogers being and becoming a person and being and becoming a teacher. Now, like Abraham Maslow, Carl Rogers was a humanistic psychologist who described humans as naturally good and evolving entities. He pioneered a client-centered approach to psychotherapy that translated directly into a student-centered approach to teaching. This podcast describes some of the seminal ideas as they relate to human growth, teaching, and being a human being. And as you listen to this podcast, you'll notice that these ideas are interconnected such that the borders between teaching and psychology are often indistinguishable. And that is as it should be. Rogers believed that teaching, psychotherapy, and being a fully functioning person all came from the same place. So let's take a look. Like Maslow, Rogers identified an instinctive inner core, a life force, or a self-actualizing tendency that moves people toward reaching their full potential. So why is it that some people do not? Short answer, things get in the way. In other words, there is a distortion of this natural tendency. Thus, one of the roles of a good teacher or therapist is to try to understand the things that are in the way and to enable the person or student to remove them or get through them, over them, or around them. The important three words in this last sentence are enable the person. Since humans are naturally evolving self-healing entities, the role of a teacher and therapist is not in the form of external manipulation of any kind. It's not to tell the person what to do or how to think. Rather, it's to create the conditions that enable the individual, the student, to listen within, to find the answers that are already there. So let's look at Roger's five characteristics of fully functioning persons. He used that term, fully functioning persons, to denote a psychologically healthy personality. And these are the five traits that I'll describe in just a minute of a fully functioning person. But since humans are dynamic, evolving entities, these are traits that are not static. Rather, they're traits that any person can develop. That means you don't have them or not have them. We all have them. It's a matter of if we choose to develop them or not. Trait number one, an openness to experience. Fully functioning persons are not constrained by inhibiting worries of self-worth. As such, they're willing to try new things, have new experiences, and explore new ideas. And without the various defense mechanisms that come with trying to be something that they are not, fully functioning persons are both willing and able 
to experience a wide range of emotions, both positive and negative. The second characteristic, existential living. Fully functioning persons are able to live fully in the moment. They enjoy the moment they're in, rather than constantly looking forward to another moment. As well, fully functioning persons don't try to control or manipulate the moment or make the moment something it's not. They can therefore participate freely in the experiences each moment brings. As such, they tend to see the world as it is, not as they want it to be. They do not manipulate data to fit their belief system. Instead, their belief system is based on data. Third characteristic, a trust in one's inner self. Fully functioning persons try trust their intuitive and emotional self to help them make decisions, solve problems, and understand reality. They use their reason and knowledge, yes they do, as well as intuition and emotion when confronted with a problem or choice. In this sense, they trust and are able to use their whole self to guide them through life. Fourth characteristic, a sense of freedom. Fully functioning persons have fewer constraints or inhibitions than defensive persons because they're less worried about what other people might think of them. They also don't feel directed by current circumstances or influenced by past events. This provides a sense of freedom, which in turn affords a greater choice of thought and actions. This also enables them to experiment with new ideas, to take risks, and to see possibilities instead of roadblocks and limitations. And the fifth characteristic is creativity. Creativity is a trait that often represents the highest degree of emotional health. Fully functioning people are original, inventive, and innovative. They're able to play with ideas, step outside the boundaries of perceived expectations, and think in new and innovative ways in order to solve problems or create products and performances. So let's take a look at creativity. Carl Rogers described three inner conditions necessary for creativity. And again, these are not static attributes, rather they're conditions that any person can develop. The first condition is openness to experience. We talked about that. The second condition is an internal locus of evaluation. Creative people strive primarily to produce what they believe to be good products and performances rather than what others believe these to be. They're not trying to please somebody else with their creations. Instead, they're motivated internally, relying on their own standard of evaluation. They create what is of aesthetic or pragmatic value to them. 
And the third condition of creativity is the ability to play with elements and concepts. Creative people have a certain childlike quality that invites them to mess around and explore new possibilities. What is believed to be true is not a limiting factor. Instead, creative people allow themselves to imagine a variety of possibilities, regardless of their perceived likelihood or their basis in reality. Now let's take a look at humanistic education. Carl Rogers was a humanistic educator. Humanistic education defines learning not in terms of test scores, but in terms of personal growth and the development of each person's full potential. Growth and development occur here, not just on an intellectual level, but also on an emotional, psychological, creative, social, and physical level. In this context, there are five goals of humanistic education. Number one, facilitate the development of fully functioning, self-actualized human beings who have the capacity to nurture themselves, others, and their environment. The second goal is to instill a joy of learning and a desire to be lifelong learners. The third goal of humanistic education, promote the discovery of each student's passions, special talents, and abilities. The fourth goal of humanistic education, teach the knowledge and skills necessary for students to be good decision makers and effective problem solvers. And the fifth goal of humanistic education, enable students to be responsible world citizens who are able to contribute to democratic societies. Now let's take a look at good teachers. From a humanistic perspective, a good teacher is not merely a technician manipulating students to predetermined outcomes to achieve behavioral objectives. A good teacher does not simply follow a recipe or implement a one-size-fits-all program with fidelity or flawlessly perform a bunch of teaching techniques. From a humanistic perspective, a good teacher facilitates learning in furtherance of the five goals that I just described above. Now, toward this end, Carl Rogers identified three traits necessary to be a good teacher. And just like the traits of fully functioning persons, these traits are not static, static entities. This means that any teacher can cultivate them. The three traits are, number one, genuineness. There is congruence between your teaching self and your true self that creates genuineness and sincerity in what you do and say. When we are genuine, honest, and sincere, when we do not try to be or become something we're not, in this state, we find that people generally appreciate us. This enables you to be a more, to be a more powerful person in your teaching. You're not trying to be a teacher 
Instead, you are being yourself who is teaching. When you don't have to spend the time and energy constructing facades, you can devote more time and energy to using your full strengths and passions in the act of teaching. Now, early on in one's teaching career, genuineness is a bit more difficult to achieve. But as one continues to grow as both a person and a teacher, the teaching self and the personal self become more closely aligned. This doesn't mean that you must lose yourself in order to teach. Far from it. It simply means that you teach from your authentic self. This is always a more powerful form of teaching. Here, you're fully aligned with your values and your philosophy, and you're using your strengths and passions. This, of course, is predicated on first knowing exactly who you are, of course. The second trait of a good teacher is unconditional positive regard. You have unconditional positive regard for your students, meaning that you accept, accept them, respect them, and value them for who they are unconditionally. Your acceptance of them is not conditional. This doesn't mean that you have to accept negative behaviors. Instead, you realize that every student is of worth, even if their behavior may not be. You do not view them as something broken that needs to be fixed or something deviant that needs to be corrected. And the third trait of a good teacher is understanding. You try to see the world as your students see it. You try to empathize with what your students might be feeling. You in, uh, you don't just focus on correct, correcting behaviors or getting desired behavioral responses. You instead try to understand what might have caused a negative behavior. And you see the student in the context of the various systems, in the context of educational, political, economic, social, cultural, and racial systems. So, a final word, based on the work of Carl Rogers, two things that will enhance your ability to be an effective teacher. The first is to cultivate the five traits of a fully functioning person as described earlier. The second is that you understand and embrace the idea that real teaching starts with a relationship. Until then, you're simply a circus performer standing in front of your students. This means that you communicate with not just to your students. It's very hard to relate to that which you do not know or cannot see. All right, this has been the Reading Instruction Show. We've uh, explored Carl Rogers, some of his ideas on being and becoming a person and a teacher.